What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I am your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are recapping the NBA action from Thursday, November 10th, 2022. There was a four-game slate. We had three games in the East, one out West, and in these matchups, we saw Luka Doncic taking on the Wizards, Trey Young and the Hawks going up against the Sixers, Jimmy Butler and the Heat going up against Charlotte, and Jeremy Grant, no Damon Lillard in the lineup. And the Blazers versus the Pelicans. All really good games. More NBA action every day. Although college basketball is fully, it's going now. It's going and I'm very excited. Um, Syracuse basketball, let's hope they uh, make the ACC tournament, make it to the championship round and uh, do good things. And, you know, NCAA tournament, hopefully. But this isn't the college basketball podcast. It's the NBA podcast. And without further ado, Let's get started. First up, we have the Washington Wizards taking on the Dallas Mavericks. In this one, the Washington Wizards were victorious as they defeat the Mavericks 113-105. In this one, Kyle Kuzma led the way as Bradley Beal and Kristaps Porzingis were, were unavailable due to health and safety and injuries, respectively. But Kyle Kuzma said, hold on now, I could get some buckets too. Uh, I'm a guy that's a part of this quote-unquote big three here in Washington. I could score. I, I could do a little bit of everything. That's exactly what Kyle Kuzma showed. 36 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal, shooting 14 of 26 from the field, 5 of 11 from three-point range. Don't forget 3 for 3 from the free-throw line. But what this is showing me here is that Kyle Kuzma, he has the ability to be – I, I won't go as far as say number one guy. Those are pretty impressive stats. I think he definitely can be – a pretty good number two, an amazing number three on a championship-level team. I think that is what he is capable of. He's a spark plug guy for sure, but if he can get consistent, if he can continue to put the work in, being that guy that can get you 20 a night, which I think he is wholly capable, totally capable of giving you 20 a night, about seven rebounds, maybe three, four assists, that is something that is well within Kyle Kuzma's range of skills. He's a shooter. He's a, he's a pure scorer of the basketball. And for Washington, I think they definitely need to get him the ball more. I understand you have Bradley Beal and Chris S. Porzingis. But if you have a situation where Beal can average 26 and then KP, Kyle, average 20-21, that's a very lethal offense that will be very hard to guard. Of course, defensively, defensively that's another issue, but... For the Wizards, they have so many options offensively. They shouldn't be losing. I mean, they're at 500 right now, 6-6 six and six on the season, 3-3 three and three at home. I feel like they can be a little better than that. Honestly, I really do. And then you look at the other pieces they have. Rui Hachimura stepped up, 23 points off the bench, 8 rebounds as well, 14 for Will Barton, 11 for Daniel Gafford. 
I, I feel bad for Daniel Gafford. <laughs> I, I really feel bad for the dude, man. After he got dropped by Kevin Durant, I don't think he'll be remembered as Daniel Gafford, the basketball player. I think he will be remembered as Daniel Gafford, the dude that got dropped in Washington by Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players in NBA history. Because that was bad, man. That was that was one of the worst ankle breakers of all time. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. Though. I'm not gonna get into that. But yeah, that was terrible for Dallas. Luka Doncic and the Mavericks lost their second straight game. Um, another game where Luka Doncic did not have 30 points after his initial eight game, excuse me, nine game stretch of scoring 30 points or more to start the season. We expected that he would taper off just a little bit. You know, that was a crazy streak. Very hard to maintain, especially once the pressure pressure keeps mounting every day. 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let me take a break. And granted, Luka's in great shape. He's in, he's in great physical shape compared to the past years. When he's coming, he's been a little bit slow, a little bit sluggish. Doesn't really get into basketball shape until around the all-star break. And then you see the amazing – he will still do amazing things even when he's not in shape. But – the real, like, triple-doubles or stuff that he was pulling off early in this season. Last night, only 22 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. For Spencer Dinwiddie, 33 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, and his return back to Washington. 11-17, to 7-12 from 3-point range. And this is my problem with Spencer Dinwiddie. Not necessarily a problem, but it's like, damn, bro, you can drop 30 on any night. Any night you could drop 30. I don't need you to average 30. Average 20, 24, 23, 24 a game. You are the second option. You have the ball in your hand. Jason Kidd gives you the ball to facilitate when Luka's not there. And plus, maybe it's a good thing to put Luka off the ball. Maybe just let Luka be off, off the ball, off the catch shooter, excuse me. Let him play that role for a little bit so you don't tax him as much so he doesn't get gassed. Towards the postseason, he doesn't have to do everything. We have a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, who was more than capable of scoring 25 a night, getting you six assists, getting you four or five rebounds a night. He's he's just a dude that can do this, and I don't know why he doesn't do it more often. I guess we'll see as the season goes on how he evolves within this Dallas roster, this Dallas rotation. You still have guys like. Tim Hardaway Jr., who's essentially their sixth man with 16 points per game. In all honesty, I'd rather have Hardaway starting at that two and Spencer coming off the bench. So Spencer can have the entire bench unit to work with. That he could facilitate that unit rather than being a cog in Luca's machine, which is great at times. But Spencer can run his own show. And I really think that Jason Kidd and the Dallas Mavericks, they have to approach that and say, okay. We don't want Luka to be taxed. He's a top three player in the world. We don't want him to be tired down the stretch. We don't want him to get the James Harden issue where he's great in the regular season, but just gas come postseason time. We don't want that. We want to contend for championships. To do that, you have to alleviate some of the stress. With the Rockets, what did they, what did they do? They got Chris Paul. Now, they couldn't have anticipated Chris Paul's injuries down the stretch or their historic collapse in the postseason, but... They still got him that dude. They still got him that second ball handler, so he didn't have to do everything. I think if the Dallas Mavericks uh, adopt that type of mentality, with Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie as a secondary ball handler, 
I think this team could be really good. Only 6-5 and five right now. The season's still young. I predict around 50, 50 plus games for sure that they'll win. And the postseason, a different animal when you have Luka Dantas, but just make sure they have the, the right pieces in place. And Spencer definitely should be one of those pieces. Next up, we have the Atlanta Hawks taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. The ATL was victorious in this one, winning 104 to 95. In this one, we have Trey Young holding off the Philadelphia 76ers. Trey came to this game. He had 26 points, 7 assists, 7 to 21 from the field. Dejounte Murray had a rather quiet night by his standards, only 10 points. He had 8 assists and 2 steals. Clint Capella with 18 and 20 rebounds. That's insane for Clint Capella. DeAndre Hunter 14, John Collins 11. I'll continue to say this. Atlanta Hawks, one of the best scoring starting fives in the NBA. All of the guys can give you double figures on any given night. 15 plus easily. Trey and Murray can give you 35 plus. Trey, we've seen him give 45s, 50s. We know he's capable. The thing for Atlanta has always been be able to defend. And they did a pretty good job last night. Atlanta, by the way, 8-4 and four on the season. Um, is that a surprise? Uh, depending on who you ask, maybe. Um, we thought with DeJounte Murray, him coming over. I mean, the Hawks, by all accounts, they were one of the most disappointing teams last year. He was, excuse me, they were a team that coming off the of Eastern Conference Finals berth, you would think they would have been one of the top teams in the NBA, or at least in the Eastern Conference, but they weren't. Uh, and it's a shame. It's a shame that they ended up, if I'm not mistaken, having to go through the play-in and ultimately losing to Miami. Let me double-check that. But actually, yeah, that's exactly what happened. But now what we see here, we see Atlanta with Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Clint Capella, all these guys. They're fourth in the East. Granted, yes, it's early. I think this is probably the highest they go, to be quite honest with you. I think that when you look at Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Boston, that's kind of the cream of the crop right now. We have hope for Brooklyn. We have hope for Philly. But even then, you still have Toronto. still have Chicago, Washington, the Knicks. These are teams that the playoffs are going to be really interesting. That's that's a fact. The playoffs are going to be super interesting. And getting into the Philadelphia side of things, Noel Embiid, 26 points, 13 rebounds. Minimal help. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, yes, he had 15 points, but 5 of 17. Tobias Harris, 12 points, 5 of 15. Obviously, no James Harden. He is still out with the... Excuse me. He's still out with his foot injury. Labeled out for a month. Probably still has a few weeks left until he gets back. Doc Rivers himself mentioned the fact that the lack of a true point guard on this roster is alarming. And the team, they had 17 turnovers on the evening. Joel Embiid had eight of them. De'Anthony Melton had three. And you can just see, without James Harden facilitating, it's kind of hard for this team to really run as a unit. Now, me personally, I think that Tyrese Maxey, who had five assists, led the team. 
I think he can be more of a facilitator. I know they want him to be like that two, just go score, get out in the fast break, and do your thing there. But I think he has to step up and be a more of a facilitator until James Harden gets back. Once Harden gets back, perfectly fine. Go back to the to the wing, go back to cutting, fast break, all of that. He'll get you 20 a night. That's cool. But without James, who averaging close to eight assists a game, can average double figures in assists. We've seen it before. You have to step up as the lead guard. And despite the improvements that this Philadelphia 76er squad has made over the years, and especially this offseason, they don't really have that backup point guard. Before they had TJ McConnell, who's now in Indiana. I guess you could say Tyrese Maxey was it before. I'm really, I'm really trying to think back now to past iterations of this squad. But uh, only I think of is TJ McConnell coming off the bench for Ben Simmons, who was starting at point guard. This team needs a legitimate point guard. Maybe that is something that they address come trade deadline. Maybe they trade Matisse Thibel, who it's a shock to me seeing him logging single digits in minutes. So eight minutes a game for a guy that he seemed to be the next three and D type of dude, more D than three, because he wasn't the greatest shooter, still isn't. But you're talking about a lockdown wing, lockdown forward. He was your guy. So I'm shocked, I guess, because they have P.J. Tucker now. And P.J. can shoot the three ball. They don't need him as much. I would trade Matisse Thibault, try and find a backup point guard. I think that will definitely help the 76ers. Again, that is one of their only weaknesses. Defensively, they'll get it together over time. But without a pure point guard... Even once James Harden gets back, without a pure point guard to facilitate, unless you're going to run Harden like 37, 38 minutes a night, which at his age, amount of miles that he's put on his body, you really don't need that. You don't need that, but you do need to get at least in the play-in. And right now, the Sixers are in 12th in the Eastern Conference with teams ahead of them that have no business being ahead of them, at least in terms of talent like the Knicks, like the Pacers, list goes on. Next up, head over, or head down rather, to South Beach. The Miami Heat taking on the Charlotte Hornets. And this one, although the Hornets played tough, they were defeated by the Miami Heat. Miami winning 117 to 112. And this one, it was Jimmy G. Buckets, the G stands for Gets. Jimmy Butler scoring 35 points with 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, 11 of 19 from the field, 13 of 15 from the line. Jimmy Butler, man, still one of the best. I don't know if you want to call him shooting guards or forwards, whatever. Still one of the best players in the league today. I think that he he'll never be the type of guy to be in the MVP race just because that's not really him. He's a guy that he'll get his numbers, you know, 22.6 rebounds, six assists on the season. All-star for sure. He'll always get the all-star nod. But he's not going to wow you with said like, He's not going to, I mean, yes, last night he did, but he's not going off for, like, Luka-type numbers or Giannis-type numbers until the postseason. We saw it in the finals 
We saw it last season as well in the postseason against Boston, particularly. He almost took them to the finals again. Second time in three years. I don't want to say he's underrated, but maybe people should take a look more at Jimmy Butler and say, okay, the top 10, top 15 guys, Jimmy Butler needs to be in that conversation if he's not already. Going through this, Bam Adebayo, 18-14-4. Kyle Lowry chipped in 10. Max Struess chipped in 12 as well in that starting lineup. Kyle Lowry, another guy like a Chris Paul, you know, aging point guard. Still has veteran savvy, averaging 13 a game, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. Still putting up solid numbers. But, you know, just getting older, I hope that for his sake, his body holds up. For smaller guards, it's never a good sign. Um, For Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets, they have not won a basketball game since October. The Charlotte Hornets haven't won a basketball game since October 29th. And in basketball, that is a pretty long time, damn near two weeks, to not win a game. 3-10 on the year. Of course, no LaMelo ball still, but that's just rough. Kelly Oubre, 29 points. 22 for Terry Rozier. 13 for Plumlee. 15 boards to go along with that. 12 for Dennis Smith Jr. They have guys, man, but they don't have the guy in LaMelo ball. And unless he comes back sooner than later, man, if they go into December, into even January without him, they might as well just tell him the rest and for the rest of the season. And scrap even coming into play because they'd better off just go into the lottery. Because even if they were whole, I don't know if they would get out, get into the play in. And if they were, would they get out? I don't know. Maybe anything could happen in a one game set. But are you really trying to tell me that Charlotte would do anything in the first round series? If if anything, they'd have to be a seven or eight seed. What are they being Milwaukee, who's number one right now? No. Are they beating Cleveland, who's number two right now? Even if Boston goes up to one or two, they're not beating Boston. What is Charlotte really doing? They have pieces, but they don't have another transcendent guy. I don't even know if Lamelo is transcendent. Transcendent is is a category all into himself. Lamelo is a damn good player, all star, all NBA potential, MVP in the league, eh, maybe. Very popular. He'll get the popularity votes, that's for sure. But they need to just reset this season, honestly. Just tank. I'm not the basic advocate for tanking, but in some situations, you kind of have to. This is one of those situations. Charlotte, 3-10. and 10, Not looking good. The final game for the four-game site for Thursday, the Portland Trailblazers over going to the West Coast. Versus the New Orleans Pelicans. And in this one, the Blazers winning 106-95. Portland 9-3 on the season. Are they fake? Are they for real? They look for real. But for how long? I don't know. I I remember last year, the Wizards, they had a hot start. Turned out 10-3. Didn't necessarily work out for them the, the rest of the way. So, take that into what you will. Um... I think definitely this Blazers squad has more talent than that Washington Wizards squad of last year. They have some legitimate scoring threats. Anthony Simons, 
23 points, 6 assists. Josh Hart, 17 and 7. Jeremy Grant, 27 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals and a block. That Syracuse DNA is just tough. It's just different. 10 of 24 of 8 from 3-point range. No Damian Lillard in this one. No need. But uh, I, I personally, that would have been cool to see. Just because, you know, Damian Lillard versus CJ McCollum, that would have been a battle. We don't get that. Hopefully we get to see that again soon in the in the regular season. Maybe postseason. I'm not sure unless they're like a 4-5, which could happen. Um, for New Orleans, 6-6 six and six on the year, right at 500. I suspect this is only a blip in their season. I really have high hopes for this team. They have all the talent in the world. They just need to figure things out. Whether that be a coaching change, I don't think it's that bad yet. But, you know, they have the veterans. They have CJ McCollum, who had 13 and 7. They have Zion Williamson of 29.6 rebounds. He was doing his thing. Ingram, 14 on 6 of 12. Not terrible. Trey Murphy was 16. They have guys on this squad. They just aren't getting the statement wins. Like, this is a win that you have to have if you're New Orleans to really prove that you're going to be one of the top four teams in the West. When you see a team like Portland, who coming in was 8-3, and three, one of the better teams in the NBA, in the Western Conference, you got to capitalize on that matchup, and you got to beat them. That's, that's how it works, man. It's how you prove yourself. This team... In Portland, excuse me, in New Orleans, have some young guys that still need to prove themselves. Look at a guy like Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, Nazi Marshall, Zion, even Ingram, Herb Jones. Like these guys haven't really had those playoff chops. CJ McCollum, yes, he's had that. Valentunis, yes. But for the most part, a lot of unproven guys on this Pelicans roster and. He needs, they need to show that they are legitimate, that they are some a team that needs to be taken seriously. We saw it last season against Phoenix in the playoffs. I was like, all right, you guys are something, but now this is the real deal. You have Zion back. You have, you had a training camp to get everything together. Now it's just a matter of going out there, executing, doing the X and O's, running your sets, and getting the victory. That's really all it comes down to for this Pelicans team. And I have high hopes for them. I really do. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Please make sure you rate five stars so we can move up on the algorithm. More people can tune in, find our amazing podcast. I'm so excited to keep going. Uh, thank you guys again. Make sure you guys share, like, all that good stuff so more people can tune in. Find what we have going on. Um, almost Thanksgiving time. Um, I head back home from school in a week. Actually, I'll be home in a week. So that'll be really exciting that Thanksgiving comes around. And then, bam, we're in December. We're in Christmas. Christmas time basketball is always one of the highlights of the season for me. Just getting all day access to basketball. You get the before the Christmas jerseys. I want them to come back with Christmas jerseys. Because some of those Christmas jerseys were hot, and they got to bring that back. I, I don't think they're doing it this year. I really hope the NBA brings Christmas jerseys back because some of those were tough. I remember one 
iteration of I think it was the Cleveland Cavaliers in uh, 2017. I want to say, yeah, because I remember I think it was, they were facing Kevin Durant. So they got to bring those back, man. But nonetheless, those are some of the best matchups, and I was very happy. But until next time, guys, take care.